and welcome to the Limitless Possibilities podcast. My name is Zach Johnson. This is episode number 47. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for being here. And if you're a returning listener, I can't thank you enough for continuing to follow along with the Limitless Possibilities, the show where we dive in with interesting individuals, with people who have inspiring stories, inspiring messages, and have climbed that mountain of success, have failed and rebounded from it, and are here to give insights and information into being able to implement into your life to be able to take your life to the next level. I'm really excited for today's interview as it's somebody that I grew up watching on television and emulating. Being a professional baseball player, he was somebody that I really strove towards wanting to be like, and I never really understood the struggles that were going on behind the scenes. So I'm really excited for each and every one of you to hear the interview today with Shay Hillenbrand and really understand the mindset that it takes to get to that elite level, but also some of the things that can kind of come along with that and how important it really is to not lose yourself in the transition of whatever you're doing, whether it be pursuing professional athletics or business or money or values, just really making sure that we always know our values, we know our principles, and really, as he talks about a lot during the podcast interview, is knowing who you are. If we know who we are and we do not attach our identity to any one thing, we can wade through everything and we'll be able to continue to be happy and healthy no matter what we're doing. And I really appreciate him being so authentic and honest and truly just sharing his time and a lot of insightful wisdom during the interview. If you really enjoy the interview today, head on over to Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, like, share and send it to a friend. Let them know if you think there's a lot of great messaging in there, send that out to a friend, send it in a text, a WhatsApp, whatever you're using to be able to get them and tag myself and tag Shay to be able to let us know that you really enjoyed the message. Today's interview is brought to you by Out Hustle My Yesterday Apparel, Team Oh My, and you can head on to teamohmy.com, so it's T-E-A-M-O-H-M-Y.com, and use the code LIMITLESS for 15% off. I can't say enough about the quality of the clothing. It really is amazing. There's such great variety of things to be able to grab, whether it be hoodies, t-shirts, beanies or toques if you're in Canada, just different things to grab. But the quality, you can wash them over and over and it's never going to lose the quality. It's always going to stay the same. It's not going to shrink. It's not going to have the bacon neck. It stays the same. So definitely check them out. Again, it's Teamomai, T-E-A-M-O-H-M-Y and use the code LIMITLESS for 15% off. I'm really excited for you to hear today's interview. So without further ado, we'll head it on over to the interview with Shay. Next up on the Limitless Possibilities podcast, a former Boston Red Sox draft pick, two-time MLB All-Star, real estate team leader, a former zoo owner, a high-performance and transformational coach, and a motivational speaker. Welcome to the show, Shay Hillenbrand. Hey, thank you so much for having me, brother. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to maybe inspire or impact one of your audience members. If more than that, uh, we're off to a good start. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And, you know, obviously the little bit of conversation we've been able to have since connecting, I really appreciate what you're trying to do and just being so transparent because it is so tough with, you know, the the mental aspect of life. And then just with a lot of guys in sports, like, you know, they hide behind it. So I think it's so amazing what you're doing in, in every aspect. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was talking to one of my business partners the other day who, 
when he was nine years old, went to his mom and told his mom, I'm going to play professional baseball. I'm going to wrestle in the WWF. This is before WWE was formed. So it used to be the WWF, the world wrestling federation when we were kids in the 1980s. And then he said, I'm going to be a movie star. And and dang, if if he hadn't done all three of those, he played for the tigers in the minor leagues. He wouldn't wrestle in the WWE against the rock and tag team. And now he's in Hollywood doing this stuff. And, and we're really like passionate. I got the goosebumps right now because I'm so, we're so passionate to be able to, help people not to experience the pain that I felt while I was on top of the world. So that's what uh, really drives me to do what I do. But uh, you hit it on the nose. If you don't know who you are before you go into what you do, um, Shay Hillenbrand, the person wasn't that good of a person. I really didn't have any values or have any belief system. Like, like my values were really minuscule because that's what drives your character, right? That's, that's your foundation of what you do. And my belief system was like, I'm going to the pig leagues. I don't know what y'all are doing. I'm going to the show. So whatever I had to do, uh, didn't matter if it's relationships or jump over people or knock people down or whatever that is. Like, like I went to the top and with all uh, with a hundred percent into it the whole time. So uh, when you get into professional baseball, when you in the minor leagues, or if you get into a professional sport, that identity, that allure of, Hey, I'm Shea Hillenbrand. I play for the Boston Red Sox. When I got drafted in the minor leagues, right. That's so much more enticing than Shea Hillenbrand, the person, because I really didn't know who I was. I didn't really have any good characteristic of values in myself. All I had to do was hit a baseball, right? So that happens so much. And two, what happens is with a lot of athletes, uh, a lot of professional athletes is that uh, they use that mask. They use that identity. They use that, hey, I'm Shea Hillenbrand, the baseball player, a Red Sox player, to cover up that pain from that story of who we are because we don't want to address it. So now we're putting on a mask and now we're out there performing and now we're being treated like a god. And then from there, it's like, you don't even know who the heck you are. So when you lay down at night, you're like, I freaking hate myself, man. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting to see the process and the, and the, 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 the repeated uh, patterns of professional athletes. And I'm so uh, passionate about being able to provide a voice for those guys mm-hmm. and gals. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you know, there's a lot to unpack there, but the thing that I really appreciate you saying there is it's so easy to wear that mask to hide from it. And that mask is so ego driven, right? Like you said, it's so identity based. And I know one of the big things that you've talked about is disconnecting from that identity and really trying to find your true self. And, you know, you were on top of the world, you know, MLB all-star making millions of dollars and, you know, really kind of after grinding it out, like, you know, coming through the minors and getting to that point, like you said, you were so destined to get to that point. When you were in the big leagues, what point was it that really hit you that you're like, this isn't serving my purpose and where you just walked away from the game. <laughs> the day I got there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's crazy. So many guys, you lose your identity of who you are and you attach it to the game. So now my, the game became my name. Like so many guys, I'm talking about like up then this is a Shea Hillenbrand percentage. Like, like I'm talking about upwards of like 90% of players, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just like, and it's not the organization. So you don't want to put blame on the organizations. It's not the coaching staff. It's the game that breeds that at that level. Once you start playing professionally, once you start getting to the top, the game breeds like individualism. Like if mm-hmm. you don't focus on yourself, no one else will. And because that's, 
this way, game and environment because so much pressure, like you're the 1% of the 1% of the world. And that's just across the board, whether you're an entrepreneur, a CEO, a, sex, a successful business owner, all that stuff, like you're, you're at the top. So it's like that when you're playing at that level, that, that environment breeds, I got to look out for myself because everybody wants a piece of that, uh, that level. Whether well, the coaches are looking out for themselves. The mm-hmm. managers are looking out for themselves. The players, like the guy next to me, the locker next to me, he, he's looking out for himself because he's attached his identity to the game. And he doesn't want to lose that. So the challenges that we have is that, man, like, it's not like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to have a job or, okay, you know, pull up your bootstraps, you're a rich major league baseball player or whatever, like, because people, but it's like, it's an identity thing. And we're so scared of that to where it's like, you lose who you are so quickly. And when you do that, you start covering that, 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 that void up inside of yourself and the external fixes, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, pornography, gambling. And for most people, they use food. And, you, and it's like, man, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm living my childhood dream. And it's like, dude, this is like so flipping hard. So uh, a pretty defining moment of my career was in 2005. I made the all-star game. And we're, it's in Detroit, Michigan. I was playing for the Jays and I was flying to the all-star game in a citation 10 jet. This is the fastest civilian jet in the world. So I mm-hmm. thought I was pimping. I thought I was bad. <laughs> I, I wanted my ego stroke so badly because I didn't have an identity. So I imagine yourself flying at 64,000 feet going 640 miles an hour. A normal commercial airliner goes about 450 miles an hour, about 35, 40,000 feet. I'm Mm -hmm. freaking twice as high, going twice as fast to my childhood dream, pilot, co-pilot, myself in the back of this multi-million dollar jet. Uh, And and I look out the window, I'm so high, I can't see the ground. And you know what's going through my mind? I effing hate myself. I hate everything about this. So I disconnect from that pain and I allow myself to attach my identity to the game. And I'm out there that next day playing in front of millions of people. And I'm like, what do I do? cash a million dollar paychecks. Not one time in the major leagues did I sit there and say, you know what? I'm living my dream. Or did I ever sit there and say, you know what? I'm a millionaire. I never did that because the pressure to succeed is so great that you lose yourself. And when you lose yourself, you begin playing that pain driven game. Well, and one thing that you talked about there too, right? Is it's such an interesting thing. You talk about people playing professional baseball. When you were in college, And, you know, obviously you played at Mesa and you came out of junior college, got drafted out of there. One thing that I felt the same, maybe on a different level for yourself, obviously going into the Red Sox organization, but in college, it's a team game, right? Everybody's pulling for each other. And then second you sign that contract, like you said, it becomes really lonely. And so I saw it the same way, like you did guys turn devices to feel that pain because that guy behind you or the guy on the bench might be hoping you're getting injured to take your spot. And that, like you said, the pressure is just so immense. And so it can just lead to so many different things. And I know, obviously, like you said, you just hit that point where you're like, I'm not passionate. I'm not doing my why. And so you walked away from the game and you felt, you know, obviously how relieving was that, I guess, to step away and be like, I'm doing this for me and I'm not doing it for anybody else anymore. I actually, I mean, I, I wish I could be, a, uh, you know, I, I will be 100% honest because that's all I know how to do. Yeah. But uh, I wish that was the case for me. I jumped ship in the prime of my career, leaving $50 million in a table of potential earnings. I left in the prime of my career to 
to pursue my second childhood dream of owning a zoo. I think I might be the only major league baseball player in the history to leave major league baseball and buy a zoo. So I had 300 farming exotic animals. So what I was trying to do is I was trying to run from that pain. See the major league baseball didn't do it. The glory didn't do it. The fame didn't do it. The money didn't do it. Like I'd have little girls in the stands, hold up signs saying, will you marry me Shay? Like, like how do you process that or process that if you're North of the border? Right? <laughs> and, and, and how do you, how do you like when you uh, do an autograph signings for $10,000 for just one hour, 500 autographs. Like I just, signed 500 times to make $10,000 and girls come to the table crying and shaking just because they get to meet you. But they don't see that deep, deep pain resonating inside yourself, fueling that pain driven game. So how do you process that? How do you talk to somebody about that? How do you have uh, trust in somebody enough? Because uh, me as a player, I have a difficult time talking to somebody if it's a performance coach or a sports psych or whatever that is that the organization provides. Because myself, I'm looking to look out for myself. And if I expose any weakness to anybody or any type of thing to anybody that's tied to the organization, I have to be very careful because that that play, that person that works for the organization can very likely go back because they work for the organization mm -hmm. and give the organization the people in the front office intel on myself as a player and that intel being used in the front office can be a reason to get rid of me so now i can't trust anybody i can't trust my teammates i can't trust the sports psych i can't trust the, the performance coach i can't trust i can't even trust my wife because i don't even trust myself so it's like it's it's crazy to be in that situation so um like the whole time i was there i just i, I really didn't understand what the process was, but they said, if you just go hit, you'll be able to have success. And that's all I focused on. I've swung a baseball bat a million times. Think about mm -hmm. that, man. Like 60,000 times in the off season, a hundred thousand times during the season. Like that's all I did. Like this, this performing on stage. And when I got off stage, meaning like when the game was over, yeah. like I hated every part of myself. I, I hated it. I hated it to the, the max. It's crazy. Well, and, and that's what's so interesting is, you know, I, I love the authenticity of it because so many people, like you said, do attach yourself to a specific identity that is so ego driven and so centrally focused on success and fame. And one of my favorite quotes is where Jim Carrey talks about, he hopes everybody can get rich and famous to understand that that's not, you know, not the way. So essentially what you're saying is exactly that, right? So many people are willing to mow people over or, you know, cut corners or do different things to get to that success, not realizing that if you lose yourself along the way, it's not going to be successful. I know you've, you've shared your story of obviously hitting, buying the, buying the zoo and then really hitting kind of rock bottom. How did that kind of all culminate? Was that just everything from, you know, walking away from the game to trying to find your identity to childhood, early onset childhood issues with, you know, moving? I know you shared the story of moving from California, right? As you're going into high school or mm -hmm. into junior high, and that can be, you know, transformationally different. But you also went from being a really talented soccer player into being, you know, into being a baseball player and, you know, obviously trying to attach your identity from one sport to another and trying to find new friends is obviously a whole different thing. Plus, to add on to that a little bit, you're always the underdog, right? If you're coming from junior college, you're always considered an underdog, typically. Absolutely. And, and so I, you know, being somebody that went to JC, I completely understand that. And so it's such a, you know, do you think that that all just kind of culminated and hit, hit it on the head? And that's what kind of ultimately led to the, the rock bottom. And then obviously the resurgence to where you're at now and living your true passion and why. 
Yeah, that's a great question. I appreciate you asking that and going there. I, I like I, I don't refer it to as rock bottom. I refer to it as rock foundation. So you have to get down to the foundational truth of how you operate as a human being and as a person. And I, you know, as you pull back the layers of those on, the onion, you, you get to a deeper level. You know what I mean? So like, if you want to talk about like the analogy of hitting a baseball, hitting a baseball is arguably the hardest thing to do in sports. And and and, and if I don't have success when I make contact to to with the swing. Um, it's not that actual step in my swing of making contact. Uh, it's usually just three, four steps back that have broken down. Same thing with pitching mechanics, right? It's not your release point. What is it? If, 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 if I'm on my backside, am I balanced to have my rhythm? I'm going to give myself time to get on top of the ball. It's always like three or four steps back. So what I'm trying to say is like, when we pull back the layers of the onion to go inwardly, to see what's causing us of what we're doing, um, that's where the root of everything is. And from my experience, that's the only way you can find peace with inside yourself. So many people try to go to these places of, of like, uh, you know, whether they're using religion, uh, I'm a Christian and they use that to, to kind of like put that mask on to cover up that pain. And, and there's so many responsibilities that we have as human beings, our makeup, our belief system, our subconscious system. What are my values? What are my beliefs? What's driving me? All these different things. And then from there, so many people don't want to go there because they're so scared to go inside themselves to deal with all that crap that we have to deal with. And then as men, right, we have ego, we got pride, we got to provide, we got we can't show weakness because that's a sign of being a wuss. And so she in sports and so it's, it's all garbage, man. So like, if you look at statistics with professional athletes, it's like, dude, like, let's, let's, let's sit down. Like the majority of athletes don't have success. Like they're just surviving yeah. you know, in the game and after the game. So it's like, how is this even an option? So for myself, like, like, when I left Major League Baseball, I was the cancer of the clubhouse. I was the asshole in the clubhouse. I was that guy that was super good, and I was angry all the time. I talked to some guys right now that that are uh, work with organizations that I play with, and that's when you know you're getting old is when your teammates are running organizations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and they're like, man, you were such a good player, dude, but you were always angry. And I'm thinking like, I didn't know any different because that's the story I created in my head mm-hmm. and, and the thoughts that revolved around all the time of, 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 in my adolescence of how I went into experiences with my father, how I interpreted those experiences and communicated them to myself. That's the foundational truth of how we function. That story that you tell yourself every single day is going to drive and dictate the actions and the decisions that you make. It's super simple when you break it down, but people want to try to get into this, this science aspect of how we decision make and how the brain's malleable and, 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 you know, stuff that fires together, wires together. And you can read, yeah, that's all true, but let's keep it simple, man. I don't want to mm-hmm. make it college level science. I want to make it like, like third grade science. So when I left baseball, I tried to disconnect from who I was because I hated that guy that was playing baseball because that, that was a me. Like, this is me right now. The passion, feeling love, the passion, feeling inspiration and transformation and trying to impact people's lives and go out there and live with significance rather than having success. I want to make a, a, an impact in, in the world with my gifts and talents. So when I left major league baseball, I just tried so hard to prove to people I wasn't that guy because deep down I knew I wasn't that guy. But in return, I tried to be a people pleaser. Then I became the biggest wolf around like, like this say yes man and trying to and like then you're totally effed up and you're messed up and you're disconnected from who you are and it's just like how are you doing so that's what led me to be one breath away from losing my life is that 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 kind of journey so 
I went on like a 10 year deep dive and like self-development. I drive around like, what's the purpose of life? Because I did it. I did what all we tried to, same thing that you try to achieve. Same thing. So many millions of Americans, American boys try to achieve or, or Canadians as well. Like, like, it's just like, I want to play major league baseball. I did it. I want to pursue my second dream. I did it. And I didn't know who I was. So I, I, I reverse engineered everything. And I was like, okay, what caused Shay to make those actions? Because I was slated to be a hundred million dollar player. Mm-hmm. I made 20 million and that's a lot of darn money, but yeah. I should have made a hundred million. I was told that I knew that I knew I could hit 300 with 30 and a hundred every single year, year in and year out. I knew I could do that. And I don't care about the money, but I'm super fascinated of why. Okay. Why did that Shea Hillenbrand achieve his full potential? And I reverse engineered everything. I'm like, okay, actions that we take decisions we make come from, uh, our, our belief system, our belief system is formed by that story that we tell ourselves and that story that we tell ourselves at a subconscious level. Where does that story come from? Oh my gosh, that story comes from experiences, interpretation of that experience and communication of that experience. And I want to make this very clear. If we don't have guidance in our adolescence, and if we don't have understanding of how to interpret an experience. So like with my kids, I have two, 16, 14, 14, nine and seven. So I'm pretty passionate. I'm pretty intense. I'm, I'm disciplined. So when I have my kids disciplined, when I discipline them, I explain to them why they're doing this and, and don't attach this to what you're doing, all that stuff. Like kids need an adolescent, kids in their adolescent phase of their life, they need that guidance. They need an understanding of how to interpret and communicate those experiences themselves. So I had this experience with my dad. And whenever I'd have an experience with my dad that I didn't perceive positive, I said, I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. My dad doesn't love me. Like those are the stories I created in my head over and over and over. And you know, as an athlete or an entrepreneur, you have to have OCD and ADHD, all that stuff they're trying to take out of the kids. You have to have that. So if you obsess over something in your head, that story, it's going to form your belief system. And that's what drove me to the top to play major league baseball. I didn't understand that. So all the while I was trying to have success on top of the world, I was just trying to get admiration and approval from my father. And this is so translatable to so many athletes that are successful men that that, that's, what's driving them. So what happens is you can actually rewrite history. You can actually change history. And what I'm trying to say is that you can't change the experiences that we had in the past, but we could change our perception and our view on that experience. So that story I told myself when I moved from California to Arizona and was like the end of my life at sophomore year of high school was hundred percent untrue. My dad moved our family from California to Arizona to give me a chance to play major league baseball. Once I understood that my true story, I was able to have a breakthrough. A breakthrough happens in a moment of time. I was able to have an understanding. And when you do that, you have a foundational understanding of truth, a new truth of how to operate on, then you can build on that. So until you get to that truth level, foundational level of operation, you're just building a house on sand, man. You're just covering this stuff up. So many people go through, you know, I talked to a guy yesterday, his dad was an alcoholic when he grew up and a successful real estate agent. It's okay. Like how, I'm thinking like, how does that affect him? Is he, is he just disconnecting and covering up or, or how did that affect him form his belief system now? So all that is so int- intriguing to me. I'm so fascinated to see what, what causes people to make the decisions that action they take. And what I've really realized is professional athletes, especially in baseball, 
We are mental midgets because we're just trained to go out there and perform and not to be a person. And we can do it every night, unlike any other sport. So we're doing it every night. So it's easy to lose yourself through that process. And it's easy to have that pressure overtake who you are and form an identity of what you do. Well, and what you just said there too, right, is you step across those white lines and it's like you flip on that alter ego and you get so attached to that that when you do come back out, you're, you're so lost. And I, I've been there myself, you know, obviously you shared your story where, you know, that's where it's at. If a person really wants to break it down and they maybe feel like they are going down that path or they're starting or they're way down that path for yourself, what was like the, the big first step to be able to have those hard conversations? Like you talked about with yourself to really just peel the onion back, so to say, or to really, no bullshit conversation with yourself to be like, look, here's where we break it down. Like what is the first step that you help with, you know, doing the performance coaching or the transformational coaching to really help people bridge that gap? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. This is fun. I really enjoy this. So this is uh, thank you for asking these questions. I always ask whoever I work for or work for whoever I work with or whoever I come into contact with. If you do a podcast, there's always three questions I ask. Who are you at the core is number one. Who are you at the core? I was Shea Hillenbrand, Major League Baseball player, Boston Red Sox. Oh, I was the first guy to hit a game-winning home run off Mario Rivera. I had three home runs in one game and three consecutive innings, and I was a two-time All-Star. Oh, man, I was in a perfect game at first base behind Randy Johnson in 2004 in Atlanta. It's like, really, dude? That's who you are? Like, oh, I, I'm a father of five. I got a wife, a beautiful wife. And it's just such a surface level of, of uh, like explaining who I am. So, so what it is, is, like, who are you at the core? Why are you doing what you're doing? Okay. And then number three is what's that story you're telling yourself every single day. So for me, when I took a deep dive to understand, like we all have six human needs, right? There's significance, love and connection, certainty, uncertainty. Those are four human needs of the body. And the other two are uh, human needs of the spirit. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about spirit because we're spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. The two of the spirit is I got to grow and I got to give. I have to grow and I have to give. So I have to pour into myself. I have to grow as a person and I have to give that in order for me to achieve the fullest version of myself. So then, then once you understand the six human needs that are universal from around the world, we have to figure out like what, what, what ones drive you? What, what, what are those four human needs of the body drive you? For me, I always wanted to be significant and I always wanted to have love and connection. Those are the two things. I want to feel significant because I wanted my ego stroked. I want to be able to be noticed. I want to be able to have affirmation for me because I didn't know who I was and I want to love and a connection. So now I went on a super eight like cycle of, okay, I get depressed, uh, not depressed. I get sad and sorrowful. And I, I, I'd achieve that human need of, of love and connection because people are like, oh my God, this is after baseball. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Right? I feel bad for you. You lost everything. You did this and that, but I wouldn't let myself go too low into depression because when you go to depression, it's like, it's really tough going there. So I'd snap out of that and go into, uh, significance. So the way I felt significance is how I treated people and relationships around me because I was better than everybody because I was 1% of the 1% of the world. So from there, I was like, dude, like I, I, I was an a-hole to people. I just tear people apart and I, and I like break down people and make them feel crappy to feel that, to feel that, 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 need inside myself of feeling significant. So I go from significance down to love and connection, significance. And it's like, dude, this is freaking exhausting. Like, how could I switch these characteristics? How could I do this? Okay. I have five kids. I have an amazing wife that God brought into my life. How can I feel significant in their lives around them to where I don't damage or, or hinder those relationships? I would do service. I would serve them. I would help them out. I would do things for them. I would feel significant in a positive way that way. And how do we get love and connection? 
Stop playing a damn victim role, fool. Everybody's in a position to be able to, you know, struggle in their life at some point in time. How do you get loving connection? Figure out who you are at the core and love yourself first. Do the mm-hmm. things that you need to do to fill yourself up, right? So it's like, like sitting there and understanding, okay, where am I? Who am I? Why am I here? what I'm doing. I believe we've all been given gifts and talents. And so many people like myself use that gift and talent at the top level to fill that void for myself. Those gift and talents that we've been given are to serve the world, are to help other people's problems, solve their problems, are to make an impact because there's no greater feeling in the world when you do that. Well, and, and the, the leading with purpose too, I think is such a huge thing, like you just said, right. And oftentimes you'll see a lot of people will walk away from different things. So obviously yourself at the MLB, you'll have some entrepreneurs that will be going so quickly down the road and then they'll walk away from something. And oftentimes, you know, they'll hit that point where they go, I'm going to lead with purpose now. And so what you're doing, I think is so inspirational for a lot of people. And, you know, I'm inspired listening to you too. Obviously, like I said earlier, I grew up watching yourself play for the Blue Jays. And, you know, if, if I was to look at it now, I'd be like, there's no way knowing how professional baseball is. I'd be like, there's no way this guy would be talking like that. So I really love it because you're breaking that mold. How difficult has it been, I guess, to really shed that? Or have you had any kind of, I guess, not not affirmations, because I know you were talking about how you wanted to get away from the affirmations with the ego, but admiration from fellow, you know, colleagues or former teammates or anything for doing what you're doing? Or have you faced the opposite side of that where people are like, hold on, what are you doing? Like, don't be, you know, don't be like that. Have you faced both sides of it? Because that and the reason why coming back to the reason why I'm asking is. Because oftentimes, right, when you step outside the comfort zone, oftentimes if people don't understand what's going on, they don't know what's going on. So they throw shade at it, so to say. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I I love that. I've never been asked that question. And quite frankly, I don't care. I don't care what people think. I don't care. And and when let me let me like explain that, too. Um, I'm not worried about what people think about me, but. I'm not that same Shea Hillenbrand that was like in your face. I mean, I, I, I called Theo Epstein, the, the, the GM for the, the, for the Red Sox explicitives on the radio. And it was all over the Boston Globe. I got in a fight with John Gibbons in the clubhouse with the Jays. Like, like that's not, that, that's a different character in my story. Mm-hmm. So I have the same uh, boldness. I have the same passion. I have the same uh, drive, but I'm using that to share love. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very sensitive when I tread those waters uh, when it's around an organization, because I'm not trying to put any organization out or any team or any of that sort. I'm taking accountability for my actions and I want to provide that voice for the players. And I want to provide that voice for the, for the the, the staff. I want to provide that voice for coaches and managers because we're all going through the same thing within the game. Like I said, at the beginning, the game puts that pressure on you, not the organizations, the gear, the teams, the game puts that pressure on you and you feel so isolated. So um, I got a lot of great things in the works. I'm in the process of producing some videos uh, that I want to get out there and circulate to be able to uh, use myself as an experience, but speak to the hearts of the players to be able to make an impact to inspire them to kind of stimulate that thought. So this is the biggest challenge that we have right here, brother, that we're going to come across is that if we try to work on the the person and not the player, when we go there at the person level, we're going to really discover that this player has no self-confidence 
in the person. And we got to be very careful when you navigate that space and figure out the timeline. And when you do that, I think the best time to do that is after the season. So you have four months to be able to work on this process because it's very challenging. Because if you if you get the player to focus on the person behind the player and understand that they have no self-confidence as a person because they don't know who they are, they get scared. And when you get scared, that no self-confidence as a person will parlay into affecting the players. So that's why that's not addressed. So but if we can fi fine tune and get players to understand and just get players to tell their story, get players to understand their story and what led them to where they are, because it's so intriguing. Like, like I'm mm -hmm. on this mission to be able to provide a platform to be able to have players tell their stories, to be able to have athletes tell their stories. And when I go into these rooms on clubhouse, like these mental health rooms, like div division one athletes, like track athlete, like every sports, like I hear the same stuff over and over and over and it's based off identity and it's based off not knowing who you are. It's based off the mindset. They mm -hmm. train their mindset at such a high level to perform. I feel like I was like Michael Jackson. The only place I felt solitude was in the batting cage or in the batter's box because mm -hmm. I knew how to train and I knew how to perform. And it's so toxic. When I got away from that, I couldn't even be around my family. I was always present with my family, but excuse me, I was always there with my family, but I was never present. And mm -hmm. it's sad because you're missing out on so much of an opportunity of your life because that professional sports is such a small span of that to where it's like it's very very challenging so but bro like as you know i i came from the i came from junior college baseball man to become a two-time all-star like just give me a half a percent of a chance and i'll figure it out man you know what i mean so yeah if you want to you got to figure out who you are first though like like when i go into these rooms this is a key i want to share with everybody right here and this is a, this is a life-changing technique, life-changing experience. See, when I play major league baseball, whenever I walk into the room, I wanted three things. I wanted to be noticed. I wanted affirmations from other people. And I wanted to have my ego stroked. And this is like 90% of athletes, if not more Then this is like my, this is my belief and my experience and my perception. So this is just me, not anybody else's. So whenever I played, it's like, oh, there's Shay Hillenbrand, such a surface level. Everybody wanted to get to know me for what I did and not for who I was because I didn't know who I was. So that's such a shallow experience. It's just shallow place to operate from. And when you operate from that shallow place of just getting noticed when you walked in the room, you can't have business deals done. You can't have relationships built. You can't, you can't have anything done to scale of what you're trying to achieve. So you have to shift that mindset. You have to shift that approach to when I walk into a room now, when I walk into a podcast, I want to be able to change the atmosphere. I want to change the atmosphere of where the energy, because to be able to inspire and impact people's lives, you have to have them feel it. it doesn't matter what you say or what they hear. It's how they have to feel it. In order to do that, you have to shift the atmosphere when you come in. And when you shift the atmosphere, when you walk into a space or a room, two things will happen. People are going to want to be around you and people are going to want to do business with you because they feel something. They're not, they don't even know why they want to do business with you but they, they would feel something like like i was in a room the other day on clubhouse just doing my thing and the guy next to me is like dude do you know tom ferry and i was like yeah i know tom ferry he's the number one real estate training coach in the world he's like he's my best friend i'm gonna hook you up with him you talk to him like just doing that i shifted the atmosphere of that room and what happened from there the guy next to me felt it and he's like i need to connect this guy with this guy he didn't even know why he doesn't even know me. And here the next day I'm on a zoom call with the number one real estate training coach in the world. He's like, how can I help you? I'm like, I don't know. He just put me in contact with you. I don't even know. I'm like, how am I talking to this guy right here? You know what I mean? That's how you do it. That's what we got to do. We don't want to walk into a room to get noticed. We want to walk into the room, change that atmosphere. How do you do that? 
You have to create an experience for people when you come in contact with them. They have to feel you, man. In order for them to feel you and create an experience, bro, you have to know who the F you are. You have to know who you are. And once you discover who you are, this is the key that so many people don't talk about. You find an inner peace of operating from. You have to operate from the inner peace to be able to play the game, to be able to play the game of baseball, life, entrepreneurship, anything that we go into. You have to have this inner peace and you have to work on yourself. You have to figure out how to get to that place and what you need. Everybody does it differently. Meditation, prayer. I'm at the beach right now, man. I'm getting off the zoo. This, this thing. I'm going to go out there with my wife. That fills me up. To, to everybody, you have to figure out everybody's different, right? So when you have that inner peace, that inner peace can't be shifted, man. And this is what it is. When I walk into a room now, I don't have any competition. So if you want to talk about how I'm going to make a change and athletes, how I'm going to make a change with the organization, I don't care. It's going to happen because I don't have any competition. Why? Because I knew who I am. I discovered my gifts and talents and I, I know my purpose of what I'm trying to achieve. And so you don't go into a room with competition. You go into the room with collaboration. There's a huge difference there. So it's not like I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. I just know who I am and whomever amount of people that are supposed to hear my voice and I'm supposed to impact, they're going to be impacted because I know who I am. I know my purpose and I know what I'm supposed to be doing. But before I didn't know any of that stuff because I was trying to do all this stuff and have success and all this glam and glory to fill that void because I, I was a freaking piece of garbage. So that's the biggest key right there is understanding who you are. And when you walk into the room, shift that atmosphere and we have to fill ourselves up, bro. Like I always tell people, Oprah said it best when I was listening to Oprah, uh, I always got the AirPods in, listen to podcasts, listen to YouTube videos and, and sermons. I'm always trying to put the good in to override what I, the system that I had, that, that, that belief system. And Oprah said it best. She says, you're in charge of filling yourself up and keeping yourself full. So think about that. You're in charge of filling yourself up and keeping yourself full. And as a professional athlete, how many times in the clubhouse do you see anybody filling themselves up and keeping themselves full? I'd say like maybe 1%, 2%, mm -hmm. 3%, because we're trying to get our master craft and we're trying to get our, our skill sets done. We're trying to go out there and perform. We're so focused on that. But it's like, man, when you do that, your identity gets attached to that. So I'm trying to help athletes dis, uh, disconnect their identity mm -hmm. from their sport and attach to, and, and utilize the sport and where they're at as a platform to create a brand, to monetize it. Because the game's going to take from you, brother. The game's going to take from you. So we got to figure out how we could take from the game. Well, and something that you said there too is running away from the emotions. So many of us are so good at compartmentalizing our feelings, right? And shoving them off and then just kind of having one direction, like you said. And I really love the, you know, truly authentically finding yourself. And you're talking about in the, you know, various rooms or different things like that, where you're leading with authenticity, you're leading with human connection and human energy is such a big thing, right? And so obviously, as you're going through your transformation, and you're going through that, how much did you really feel kind of do a self evaluation, so to say of your energy or, you know, your belief system around yourself and go, okay, as you said before, you had put your identity attached to the ego, when you started disconnecting to that, and you found that inner peace, and you found that how much more harmonized did you feel your energy? And at the same time, the people that were meant to be in your life pull towards you and the people that weren't supposed to be in your life falling off. How did that, how did that kind of transition and happen for you? 
It's good, man. It just, it just sucked too, man, because I have a servant's heart, man. And I want to help so many people. And that was the toughest thing that I had to go through because I, I have some friends that have businesses and they're stuck at the 400 or half a million dollar level in their business. And they're just stuck there and they want to scale to a million. I'm like, dude, I can help you. I can get you to understand it. And, and it, like, it's a, it's a mindset, a heart set it has nothing to do with business skills. It has nothing to do with the te- like, dude, it has nothing to do with you throwing a baseball or hitting a baseball. It's your mindset and your heart set to get you to separate yourself the good from the best right the great the, the greatest the greatest in the game so uh my thing was it's like people not getting it and people not understanding it and people not wanting it and kind of like ah oh, man i gotta i'm leading this movement and i gotta you know I got this person on this bus in this spot right here, but uh, I got to move his spot to a different spot in the bus. And after I move him from this spot in the bus, to this spot in the bus, because he's not working out in this spot. And then finally say, dude, you got to get off the bus, dude. That's the hardest thing to do, man. But I'd be doing the world a disservice if I didn't do that because mm-hmm. man, I got a calling, man. I got, I, I got so much going on through. I want to do that. But, uh, it's challenging, man. It, it's super challenging. Uh, myself, that's the way I got to the top. I just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And I would just get exhausted. And I think that affected my characteristics and affected my moods and affected how I interact with people. Like I just like just worked and worked and worked and worked. And, and now at 45 years old, I'm really realizing, okay, I take a step back and say, okay, what is a energy taker and what's an energy replenisher? Because mm-hmm. it's all about energy, right? It's all about harnessing that and making your movement and making your statement and making that, 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 that the people feel like what separates me from the next guy is like, bro, like I'm in your face. I get you, inspire you. I'm going to get you to want to go do stuff. And I've given you simple techniques to go out there and do it. But I'm not that guy just to sit there in front of you and just like give you a step-by-step process. Like they try to do with sports psychs or, mm-hmm. or with the performance coaches. I'm going to get inside. He was like, dude, let's go, dude. You have this ability. So many people go to the 60% of their threshold of what they want to do. And that's like, 99% of minor league baseball players that don't go to the show, the top is like, you get to the 60% threshold and those limited beliefs kick in. All that stuff kicks in to reconfirm all that BS going through our mind. I know you can't make it. You can't do that. And I was like, screw you. I'm going dude. And the way I did that is I worked and I worked and I worked and I took action and I refined and I worked and I got repetitions and I got to just right, right. My right foot. And then my left foot, my right foot, dude, I was a two-time all-star third baseman. I have no clue how to field a ground ball. How is that possible? systems processes implement that learn to work you got a generalized focus a specific focus like all these different different things at a lower level of how to perform but none of that means nothing if you don't know who you are and how you operate so i got to be very careful because like this is this this interview right now is taking energy for me right like i'm exerting a lot of energy i'm going to jump on a, a business call after this and it's like i got to be able to make sure i replenish and make sure my mind's in the right spot to where i'm able to optimize that opportunity because it's a huge opportunity to be able to allow myself to go there so analyzing that you know what i mean like so many athletes like they don't know how to work they don't understand like you have to be obsessed for what you do man you have to have an obsession to get to the top you have to have an obsession to go out there and set yourself apart like, like I'm in the real estate space now and there's like a, a, a flood of real estate agents everywhere. And it's like, I don't care. Like I'm going to be 1% of that. I'm going to set myself apart. I'm going to go work. I'm going to try to something unique and I'm going to put myself out there. But so many people don't want to put themselves out there in fear of failure, fear of other people's opinion of them because we've been created to get uh, be, belong in a community of people. And so many people are so worried about what other people thought of them. And I was like, 
F you, F you, F you, and F you. I don't care what y'all say. I'm going there. They're like, man, you're crazy. I'm like, yeah, I'm crazy because I don't know who I am, but I'm going there. So mm -hmm. uh, just pushing through those limited beliefs, man. And the, the limiting beliefs too, and I know you talked about it earlier, is such a thing that one person can have such a lasting impact and not even recognize it can be a coach along the way, you know, talking negative, it can be different things like that to help people clear out those limiting beliefs. I know you briefly touched on with meditation or journaling or, you know, gratitude. What is the number one practice that you either practice yourself daily now, or that you implement with the people that you're working with to really kind of help, as you said, get it down to the foundational level break those beliefs down and really kind of help accelerate and build back up. See, that's, that, that's something I, I really inherently had. Like, like right now, I believe whatever I touch or whatever I go into, I believe I'm going to have success in it. Mm -hmm. I believe that I'm going to go out there and be one of the best in the world at what I do. If that's what I so choose to do at this point in time, my belief is if somebody else is in my space of what I'm trying to achieve, if they're having more success than me, there's only one reason why they're having more success than me. And that's because they have more experience. That's it. So if I get more experience on my, on my track record, I will be playing in the game where they are, or I will be a ahead of them. There's two things that go into my mind every single day with whatever I do. I'm either the best at what I do or and so if I if I think that, I'm going to do everything I can all day to stay the best. And I'm if I'm not the best, I'm going to do everything I can all day to become the best. So what happens is like with myself is that you it's I think it's pretty simple. If you don't believe in yourself right now, if you have a challenge of what you're trying to achieve, Find somebody who's been there and done it. It's so easily accessible right now. I just did a YouTube video on this the other day. Find someone who's been there and done it. The number one place to do that is Clubhouse. Man, you could jump in these rooms with people that are experts with whatever you're trying to achieve, and mm -hmm. they will share information. So you find someone who's been there and done it, have them lay out a plan for you or formulate a plan by studying what they do, and then flip and implement the plan. Just implement it. All right. So with that, if you don't have belief in what you're doing right now, just understand that if I have a plan and a system set up for what I'm trying to achieve, I believe that I will be able to achieve what I'm set out to achieve. It's as simple as that. So what I need to make clear is like the uncluttered mind is systematic. It's like step one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Got to go this and do this and do this and do this. When I fielded a ground ball in the big leagues, I had four steps. Read the ground ball for speed, location, and hop. I, I, I pick the ground ball and then I move my feet and then I pick up my target and throw. Read the ground ball, pick the ball, move my feet, pick up my target and throw, read the ground ball, pick the ball, move my feet. I don't think about nothing else. I don't think about, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm the big leagues. Oh my gosh, the fans. Oh my gosh, this guy's playing behind me. Read the ground ball, pick the ball, move your feet, pick up your target and throw. And I did that over and over and over and over for hundreds of thousands of times. And you can't not have confidence. You can't not believe in yourself. You can't not have confidence and you can't not have success. Like that's how I was able to have success in the major leagues, become an all-star third baseman. And I have no clue how to feel the ground ball. So I'm playing next to Omar Vizquel, 11 gold gloves. Hey, Omar, <laughs> how do you do it, man? I have, I want to be a student of the game. Right? How do you do it? Oh, it's so facile, Poppy. So facile. It's like a dancing. It's like a dancing. You just do that. I'm like, no, dude, I'm white. Dancing. I don't have movement. He's like, you go for first thing you got to do, Shay, is you got to read the ground ball. Okay. Why, 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 why do I read the ground ball? Well, you get it like, where, where's it hit? Uh, like, get that hop. How hard is it hit? So, if you ever focus specific on something, then you have all these outside distractions of what you're trying to achieve. That's what separates. So, I just found somebody who's the best in the world at it. Luckily, 
by the grace of God, I was like with somebody that was the best in the world to be able to pick that. But if you don't have somebody in close proximity of you, go on the internet, go on YouTube, man, go, go to podcasts like this, go to audiobooks, man, or, or books, and then go to Clubhouse. Like it's all over Instagram. Study the game. What do you want to do? Study it, formulate a plan, go out there and implement, take action. So there's four little steps. What's your vision of what you're trying to achieve? You got to believe in what you're doing, right? Yeah. What is the vision? I have to have a clear target of what I'm trying to achieve. And then after that, I have to attach a strong enough why to it. So many people's why is to fill that void inside themselves. It's to have a service level. I want to make the money. I want to make the fame. I want to make the glory. I want to be on TV. I want to be signing autographs. I want to be pimping it with the car, the mansion. That's so stupid because when you're there doing that, you're like, this is dumb, right? So, so many people, why is, is an unhealthy why? It has to be a strong why. It has to be greater than yourself. And it has mm-hmm. to be able to impact humanity. You're not just your family. That's our duty to take care yeah. of our family and your kids. That can't be your why. That's a given. If you're not doing that, you shouldn't have had them. You shouldn't be in that relationship. That's a given. Mm-hmm. Your why needs to impact your community, your state, your country, and the world. That's it. It has to be that big. Attach a big why to it to push you through the days that you don't want to give up. Third step is take action. Take immediate action. Take action. Don't allow yourself to not take action. So many people want to do everything perfect before they take action to give them excuse not to do it. Perfection is masked with uh, uh, the mask of perfection is masks fear, right? So what happens yeah. like I got to be perfect at what I do because uh, I, I need to do this before I take action. But what it is, is like if you set your expectations so high before you take action, what happens is you automatically think at a subconscious level, I'm not going to be able to do that because I'm not perfect enough to do that. And it gives you an excuse not to take action. Yeah. One clarity, two, why three action, take immediate action. Some people talk about massive action. A lot of people can't handle massive action. That's overwhelming to them. But immediate action, what can you do right now to get you in step in the progress of where you're trying to go? Regardless of what you're doing, man, if you're trying to get ready for a season, what can I do today, right now, while I'm sitting here watching TV? Can I work on core exercises? Can I can I work on you know hip stabilization stuff? Can I work on, uh, take advantage of everything you can with the action right now? And the last part is the most important part. You have to have sensory acuity to what you're doing. Sensory acuity is a high-level understanding of the state set that you're trying to master if you take an action at. So if, if, if you're on the mound and somebody's watching the game and you throw me a slider and, and they're like, oh man, that, that's a great slider. That's a great breaking ball. That's a, that's a basic understanding of, of sensory acuity of that experience. I in the batter's box and say, dude, his release point was here. His hand was on the side of the ball. It came out at this trajectory here. I knew it was a slider. It was at 89 miles an hour. It started on the outer third of the plate. It broke off the, the outside corner of the plate, half an inch and out of the zone at the bottom. The more detailed understanding that you can get with the task that you're trying to achieve, that's how you master it. That's how you get the belief system. And that's how you get confidence through it. It's as simple as that, man. And that's how you bust through those limited beliefs. That's how you bust through all that crap holding you back. You got to take action, man. But what happens when people take action, we're going to fail. And when the majority of people, when they fail, they allow that failure to define who they are, to re-ingrain those limited beliefs and that BS going through. I told you you're not going to make it to the big leagues. I told you you're not going to be it there. So you failed here. And, and I was like, screw you. I'm not going to allow that failure to define who I am. I'm going to allow that failure to refine. You go from defining to refining who you are. You learn from that failure. You understand and you analyze it to get yourself in a position to go out there and push through that failure to get yourself to the next level, what you're trying to do. 
Sorry, dude. I'm so passionate. Like, no, I, I love it because <laughs> it's, it's amazing too, right? Like you're talking about is so many people, it, it, you know, breaking it down, like you just did into the four steps. So many people get to that first step and they're like, okay, you know, what is my why? And then, you know, they attach the why, and then they get to their next step of getting to where they're going. And all of a sudden the fear of, as you said, the fear of perfection. And, you know, one thing that, earlier on in, you know, my career too, coming back from my shoulder injury, I was so concerned about looking perfect throwing. Cause I knew, okay, if I throw perfectly, I'm not going to get hurt. And then I started, like you said, just start car over and over and over things going down. When I stepped away from that and started just focusing, as you said, on process, on progress, things just exponentially took off. So I love what you're saying. It's amazing because as you said, the perfection, and then all of a sudden, oh, we're not perfect. So we give ourselves an excuse to not do it. And then the action is amazing. Right. And then just that yeah. really confidence is amazing. I, I love it. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of it. And the passion's amazing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like there's no difference between the minor leagues and the big leagues. You're just more consistent. The game's played at a different level and mm -hmm. you just have to understand who you are and how you tick. You know what I mean? I'm not mm -hmm. going to work on my launch angle. I'm not going to try to go hit bombs. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try to do this and do this. And you stay in your lane. understand. But so many guys don't understand how to define their lane that they're in because they're trying to do everything they can to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, dude, you can't do that. But the way you find, like the way I found, like, like you gotta work, bro. You gotta work. Like you, like you, you gotta work, man. Like, like my teammates are sitting down chilling in the clubhouse. I'm in the cage. I'm studying. I'm, 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 I'm in the weight room. I'm doing something to, to give myself an advantage to prepare myself. So I always stayed ready. I never, you don't have to get ready. I just, I was always ready, but I was so obsessed to it. And my, and, and what a lot of professional athletes fall victim to is that, that, that obsession is unhealthy. Yeah. So we got, we got, there's a fine line there that, that obsession needs to be healthy. You need to be able to kick out of that alter ego. I mean, baseball breeds a bipolar personality. I'm in a clubhouse <laughs> hanging out with my teammates. Uh, there's no greater feeling than getting suited up in uniform and walking from the tunnel from the clubhouse to the tunnel down to the dugout in a major league stadium. Like I'm getting ready to go to war. And then when they announce your name batting now batting number 29, Shea Hillenbrand on deck circle, like I'm going to flip and kill you. I have two options here. I'm going to get a hit off you. or I'm going to throw my bat at you and crush you in the face and crush your skull because I need Need to figure and get a hit and then after the game go hang out with your teammates and then the next day hang out with your teammates go kill people <laughs> hang out with your teammates so it's like dude what is this man so i never kicked off that alter ego like i have that cleaner mindset i suggest everybody it's an athlete or entrepreneur go read tim grover's relentless or listen to an audio it shows you the cleaner mindset of like how kobe was how michael mm -hmm. jordan was Dwayne wade all the successful guys but they were able to kick into an alter ego and attach to that i didn't do that i was just this is shay hillerman and i hate all you guys i hate you i hate all this stuff dude like after the games in Toronto, we'd win. Guys would be popping beers, music be on. <laughs> hey, Hilly, like, you're going to go out with us tonight? And my answer to that all the time was like, dude, I don't even hang out with you in here when I have to. I hate all you guys. Why would I hang out with you out there in the bars when I don't even have to? So I'm not going to go out with you. Like, oh, you're crazy. I'm like, I'm not crazy. This is how I think. Like, it was so unhealthy because I hated myself of who I was. And it's just, you can just go on and on and on about it. So uh, being able to find that, uh, that, that, the system to connect with guys and be able to help them through the process of, I mean, if, if we do this at a surface level, players can't not perform better. Like, right. like I don't understand why, you know, other resources aren't trying to tackle this because you'll get a better version of myself. If I do what I need to do to prepare myself every day as a person to come to the ballpark, because dude, it just takes from you, man. Like we all love the game. 
but there's so much failure. I chose the wrong sport dude, because failure, like baseball is failure, 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 yes. failure. I'm failing seven out of 10 times. I hit 310 for the D backs in 04, over 600 plate appearances. I put, and I made millions, this failing and failing and failing and failing and failing. <laughs> and it takes from you, man. It takes from you, dude. You have to love the game. That's the only sport out there. You have to have reciprocity, like a relationship. You have to give to the game, but the game takes so much. And if you're not replenishing what, what, what it takes from you, if you're not doing the things you need to do as a person, not as, as, as a player, not, not studying and everything, but as a person, what happens is you get depleted with that love. You get depleted of all that energy inside yourself. And then you begin, you begin hating yourself. And I blocked, I blocked it off and I attached that hate to the game. Now, now I start hating the freaking game that I love. So I think it's pretty simple. I wish I yeah. knew this when I played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's easy to look back for sure. Well, thank you very much for doing this, Shay. I really do appreciate it. Obviously, want to be respectful of your time. If anybody does want to get in touch with you, if they have any questions, like you said, you're open to anybody reaching out to you and having conversations or you know, picking your brain or obviously for business inquiries, where is the best place for them to get in contact with you at? Instagram, IG, Shay underscore Hillenbrand. For some reason, somebody has Shay Hillenbrand. I <laughs> think they, they wanted to be like Shay. I don't know why anybody would want to be like me, but uh, Shay underscore Hillenbrand and IG. Uh, I have a link tree link in there. And uh, that's uh, the, the trailer to my uh, Emmy award-winning stories in there. And that's, uh, that's what I'm really proud about is being able to use that authenticity and transparency of the struggles that I went through on the pit parts of my life, the, the, the challenging parts of my life uh, to be able to use that to impact people's lives. Because, you know, uh, I made it through, so I don't care. They're like, whatever, it's cool. I found fulfillment, peace, happiness, everything. I tried to search for on top of the world. I'm there and I'm on a mission to uh, uh, impact people's lives on a, on a vast scale. So uh, uh, yeah, I have a four-step system to be able to help people discover and tell their story that I used to be able to win the Emmy Award in my story, but that set me free. That allowed me to have some, uh, uh, some uh, it empowered me. And it was extremely liberating to be able to go through that process. It was challenging. It was difficult. Uh, a lot of emotions involved, but damn, I mean, to be able to get to where I'm now, I'd do it all over again. And then also I have like a five tool player profile system to be able to help guys five steps to be able to understand exactly what we're talking about. So DM me, I can help anybody else out, whatever they need, whatever you need, brother. I really, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to help you out. Thank you so much for this time. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it a lot. Thank you very much. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed conducting it. I learned so much during the interview with Shay, whether it be talking about the masks and truly finding just connecting to who you are and sometimes how we can get lost with our identity. Being a professional athlete myself, I've been connected to my identity before and oftentimes it leads to anxiety or loneliness or different things like that that we don't even necessarily understand is underlying under the surface. No matter what we're doing, we always have to remember to be a human first and then being an athlete. And I think that is such a great message that he is trying to take forward and move on and help people truly find whether they're playing baseball, basketball, football, hockey, any other sport. He's trying to help spread that message. So I really appreciate every insightful thing that he talked about. And again, if you have any questions, I definitely would recommend reaching out to him. He's a great individual, really nice to talk to, a lot of great insights and foresight to be able to help as you're moving forward, whether it be within business or within sports in your own self. I really, for myself, I know I've talked about it if you're a returning listener, I use the app insight timer to be able to meditate to be able to stay grounded and calm because i know the days that i don't do it i can certainly tell my mind speeds up 
everything kind of seems like it kind of gets out of flow at a process. So it's so important for me to constantly use that. So check out the show notes to be able to find the link for that. It's called the insight timer. Definitely recommend it. There's a free option on there to be able to get on and use guided meditations. There's beginner meditation. If you're somebody that's kind of hesitant to use meditation, it walks you through the benefits and it kind of explains just from base level beginner to be able to help you do that. If you're somebody that's looking to get into journaling, I highly recommend checking out the book, The Bullet Journal Method by Ryder Carroll. And if you're somebody that's kind of looking for an insightful book that's not too overwhelming, but has some great understanding that you can take and implement into your life, whatever that is, I highly recommend checking out Robin Sharma's The Leader Without a Title. It's very good. He does a very good job of taking the narrative of the story, but also implementing life hacks and life skills into that book as he does in each and every one of his books. That has been one of the most recent ones that I've listened to. And if you are looking for an app that you can read or listen to audible books or also be able to read eBooks, I highly recommend checking out the app Scribd. It is a one-time monthly fee and it's got multiple, multiple books that you can download and listen to. That will also be in the show notes. And As always, I really appreciate each and every one of you being here. If you really enjoyed the episode, please head on over to Instagram and share it on your story. Share it with a friend. Tag myself, tag Shay. Let us know that you enjoyed it because it really does go a long way to helping yourself as well as helping others grow the limitless mindset and the limitless possibilities. And as always, find something to push your boundaries, push your limits to be able to challenge yourself each and every day as well as following your dreams, your passions, wherever those lead you. And I look forward to continuing down the road with each and every one of you towards limitless possibilities. 